Welcome everybody from all around the world. Welcome to this podcast, Escaping the Entanglements of Our Lives. You got yours, and I've got mine. I'm your host. I'm Dolphus Q, the originator and the creator of this podcast, which was inspired by our Toastmasters project. So right now I want to pause and I want to give a warm welcome to any Toastmasters who are listening. And I hope there are a few. (laughs) Now our lives, yours and mine's, are easily entangled with things real and imaginary. Now these things get entangled in our lives, in our minds, in so many ways. There's so much that can happen to a human being in the course of their lives. Their lives can be short and their lives can be long. And in that space of time, there's so much can happen that would entangle our minds, entangle our lives, and never, never set us free. But I maintain that true escape is within. That's where it is and that's where it always have been. And to free ourselves, to 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 escape is <laughs> a simple and sitting under a yum yum tree, <laughs> like Buddha. So I encourage everyone to be, to become mindful. No matter where you are, just become mindful. You need to get away in a quiet room. Just you and your mind. And you will escape. (laughs) You will escape those. Those entanglements. Laugh. (laughs) Laughter is always a good way to escape. Of course... You know my story by now if you are following this podcast. Which is what I'm using as a vehicle to escape one of my entanglements. Now you can reach me at DolphusQ at Yahoo.com or QDolphus at gmail.com. Let me hear from you. How are you <laughs> dealing with your entanglements of your life? 
But so far, so good. I'm alive and well. <laughs> and as long as you are alive and well, you have the potential to always escape whatever entanglements <laughs> that you may be entangled in. But now, like the walrus said, the time has come. Yes, the time has come for the reading of the word. Chapter 24, episode 24, Changing Winds Over Chicago. The old calendar finally fell from the wall before I could replace it. It had hung by a needle far beyond its dated year. I only kept it hanging for the colorful photographs. I found it in a trash can downtown. Brand new. It was a promotional calendar for the city of Chicago. It cost $10 after bargaining in the gift shops that graced every corner in the loop. Otherwise, one could pay more. It resembled a slick magazine, only oversized. The cover was graced by an amazing color photograph, a silhouette of the city's skyline ablaze with bright lights from the windows of the skyscrapers mirrored on the dark surface of the lake. What I saw on the cover was twofold. A warning from Jimmy Reed about the dangers of bright lights in big cities, and sadly, my failure to heed some of the things of which he sang. Arched across the skyline in bold white letters were the words, Chicago, my kind of town. Inside the calendar were vivid photographs of happy people at colorful, festive events that had occurred during the previous year and were deemed worthy to represent the event. There were photographs of outdoor concerts from the Navy Pier to those in Grant Park and a host of ethnic festivities that close streets of Chicago, close some of the city streets. There was also a lucky photograph of Chicago Bears fan cheering at a playoff game in Soldier Fields on a wind-blown Sunday afternoon. As I thumbed through the pages of photographs, I saw an intention behind the calendar. The photographs were designed to agitate a desire to participate, to be in the picture, to be a part of the action. They wanted you to mark your calendar so as not to mix the next moment of excitement that was as sure to come 
as the changing winds over Chicago. And if by chance you got lucky, you could be in the crop of next year's photographs. February 2nd. Underline. I am now in the month of February, and I can't testify that January brought any good fortune. And the only thing that I can say forthrightly is so far, so good. Certainly the high point of January was the unexpected phone call from uh, Frank and his generous financial gift. And most definitely the low point was the sudden death of Pamela's grandfather and the horrible experience of being forced to spend an evening in the presence of Bojack. But surprisingly, throughout January, I was not deeply depressed for any extended length of time. But no time concerning depression can compete with the closing days of December. Those days came with chilly changes and rough revelations that led me to the truth. I saw where I stood with Pamela. I stood in a place of no great value. I woke up Christmas morning feeling misty blue, still hearing the sharp bitter words tangling my ears like silver bells. Well, if that is what you want for Christmas, you ain't going to get it from me. I ain't leaving my husband for you. It was tough as chewing on raw meat, but I chewed my way to the deniable facts and felt them fall in my guts. I had acted the part of a man entangled with a fantasy, a complete fool. I sought out new activities. I went forthrightly with a new plan. So in retrospect, gazing back at the month of January, I have adopted a new philosophy. Float with the flow and never rock your boat. February the 8th. I have been shot down and no longer fly high like a bird in the sky. I'm more like dirt on the ground. My heart has been stepped on and kicked around like a soccer ball. I thought for sure I had found a woman to call my own. But like a fool on the rebound, I was wrong. I only found another, quote, friend. I wonder how many such, quote, friends my poor heart can take. February the 18th. Thus far, this month has been, has had its share of ups and downs and eye-opening revelations. The most startling revelation was that my affair with Pamela had taken on an aspect that I never dreamed it would, a life of its own. I wrote it off like a bad loan, but it rewrote itself and landed back on my desk like a letter from a debit collector, debt collector. <laughs> Strange. 
it seems we can't leave each other completely alone. We are accomplices in the same crime. I know I can't possess her as I dream to. That she'll never be completely mine. I can't possess her for an orgasm of pleasure. But she is so quickly gone after the climax of that pleasure. I'm left wondering, was the experience real or merely a visitation manufactured by my mind? February the 28th. I made it through January. I reached the last day, no worse for the wear and tear on my psychic than I did through the month of January. However, I'm still beaten and bruised by my memories. My chief regret is not finishing the short story I started. But nevertheless, I go into the month of March with the hope of publishing something. I'm going into the month of March with the roar of an angry lion. I have weathered the storm of my woes. I finally have a handle on reality, I think. I'm ready to risk it all on a game of pitch and toss. I'm ready to win, to lose, or retreat. Either way, I will shout to hell with society's rejections in all its disguises. I must do for me what society cannot. Roll up my sleeves and put my shoulder to the wheel. <laughs> and thus, we have reached the end of this episode. I invite people all around the world to join me next Thursday for another episode of Escaping the Entanglements of Our Lives. Until then, so long, everybody, all around the world.